to use the definition that comes out of the Gospels, living as a neighbor means to draw near to each other in mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can we can apply that definition to really any relationship. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. more than small talk friends. We are back with another episode This part of our little series on relationships. So this week we have Shannon Martin, who is a friend, speaker, writer. She says she found her voice in the country and her story in the city. She works at The Window, a local nonprofit that helps feed the community. Her husband is a jail chaplain and they have some kiddos too. And Shannon has a book called Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors. So we wanted to have a conversation with her today about that. So thank you for being with us, Shannon. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're really excited. We're in this relationship series. So your book is perfect and this conversation is perfect. So what inspired you, Shannon, to write this book? Sure. You know, my family moved into the neighborhood where we live now about 10 years ago. And, and so that's where Holly gave the little introduction. I found my voice in the country. We, we thought we would live out in the middle of nowhere forever, basically. And we were surprised to find out that maybe there was a different plan for us when we moved into this, this neighborhood in a nearby city. Um, it just sort of split our world apart in a lot of ways. Um, and we just, we found ourselves really for the first time really wrestling with and grappling with the question, why does it matter to the heart of God? You know, we're both people of faith. So why does it matter to the heart of God that we would, that we should love our neighbors, that we should live as neighbors? What's the deal? Like, what's the deal with this whole neighbor thing? And we were asking that question because suddenly we were surrounded with people. And in particular, we were surrounded with people who didn't necessarily look or live or believe as we did. And, and we this was new to us in a lot of ways. And so I started kind of writing, chasing these different questions um, with my first two books. And then with, with Start With Hello, I wanted this book to kind of confront and chase the question of how do we do it? <laughs> you know, so let's be real practical here. How do we get to know the people around us? What are the simple steps that we can take to build those connections and those relationships so that we end up living a life of connection and belonging, which I think is what we all want, even if we haven't quite admitted that to ourselves. That's something that kind of burns inside us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you use the term neighbor and you say in your book, you use that flexibly. So as we start our conversation, can you give us the Shannon definition of what neighbor means? You know, for the most part, I think of neighbor as anybody we're kind of rubbing shoulders with out in the world. So not necessarily just our next door neighbors or the people on our street or on our block or in our apartment building, but anybody we're kind of encountering through our daily lives. But I do think it goes beyond that as well. You know, I think we so much of our lives are lived online, virtually, um, globally. And so I, I think to use the definition that comes out of the gospels, living as a neighbor means to draw near to each other in mercy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can we can apply that definition to really any relationship. But I do want to give particular focus and, and start with hello is focused specifically on those those regular ordinary interactions that we all have, you know, happening throughout our our regular full lives. And you say also that in a season of your life, you felt always lonely and never alone. And I think that's a really powerful phrase that probably all of us can relate to in some Mm -hmm. season or in some way. And so what about that woke you up to the need for connection? Mm -hmm. I think that season of my life in particular happened when I was a stay-at-home mom of little children. (laughs) You know, so, so in that phase of life, I was, I was being followed to the bathroom and into the bathroom (laughs) and I was literally never alone. But I felt isolated in so many ways, and I felt kind of cut off from community outside of my home. And I do think there's a way that we don't have to choose. You know, we don't have to choose between tending to and meeting the needs of our families inside our our homes, whatever that happens to look like in the world beyond us. I think when we really set the intention that we want a life of of connection, and that doesn't mean that we're going to be best friends with every person around us. It means that we're going to have this kind of layered, sturdy fabric where we have some relationships that are more acquaintances, happy acquaintances, and others that are going to go deeper. Um, but when we can kind of build that rhythm to to look for opportunities for connection in the midst of our regular lives, that's where the sweet spot is. Because at that point, we're we're kind of you know throwing our hands up, throwing the doors open, and just saying you know. This is life. Life always feels a little chaotic. It always feels a little at capacity for me and my family, but we don't want that to be what stops us from engaging and really getting to know and and to lean on the people around us as well. Yeah. Tell me about your first step in choosing being connected with others versus the loneliness that you felt. What was that first step that you took? When when I started to really dig into these ideas, I was living in this house, in this neighborhood. I did not know anybody in this city when we moved here. My kids were much younger. You know, I had preschooler and early elementary aged kids. I started to really, I guess, embrace the idea that we don't have to go out into this world and find our soulmate. Or, you know, the, the people that just, you know, are going to be our, our best friends forever. It feels so big and it feels almost impossible to confront that. But what I knew I could do was that I could just kind of look around in the places I already was and doing the things I was already doing and just kind of be mindful for who else was around, be mindful for who else might be feeling just a little bit lonely. And to be fair, I think we're all feeling just a little bit lonely. But one of my my dearest friends, she was a woman decades older than me. Um, she was not married and had never had children. I am married and have children. We were different politically. We were different even kind of socioeconomically. Like if you looked at us on paper, there was nothing about this friendship that really kind of made sense. Like you wouldn't have grouped us together naturally. But I knew when I met her, there was something, you know, she drew me to her immediately because she was funny and vibrant and fun and quirky. But I also knew she, I just picked up on like, I think she might be a little bit lonely. And so am I. And we're both here in this same place at the same time. 
what if I pushed aside those, those doubts or those things that made me feel like, well, will this be weird? Will she think I'm weird? Will this be awkward? And just went for it. And, and so just taking those small steps of saying, Hey, would you want to meet for coffee sometime? Would you want to meet over? And we started to to do that very regularly over time. That's my encouragement to all of us is to put aside our ideas of what friendship should look like or what we think we're looking for yeah. and just be open to the people who are already near us. Yeah. You know, when when I look at that, I think about, you know, that creates the opportunity for awkward. Um yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm very familiar with awkward. So <laughs> we all are. Yeah. And and what you said in in your book is that it, it nudges us into awkward places. Mm-hmm. And and so like what is that look like when we find ourselves in in the awkward rather than running from that how do we stay in that awkward long enough to to create a relationship yeah yeah i think the fear of awkwardness is one of our biggest barriers and i hear it over and over and over again from such a wide variety of people i feel it within myself still Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years into this journey, it's still the thing that is most likely to hold me back is just yeah. that fear of like, oh gosh, I'm going to make this awkward or, yeah. or this will be awkward or will there be awkward silence? The answer to those questions are yes, it yes. probably will be just a little bit awkward because that we're all human. We're all dealing with our own anxieties, our own quirks. Um, and, and if we can begin to just embrace that expect that, lean into that. Remember that we can survive a little bit of awkwardness, especially when the the result, the fruit of that awkwardness is connection. If we can remind ourselves that we are all feeling it. And another one of the, the tricks I use for to kind of trick my own brain, when I have this idea, we all get these weird ideas sometimes of I'm going to do this thing, or I'm going to send this to somebody, or I'm going to reach out to somebody in a certain way. And then almost immediately, sometimes we tell ourselves, "Eh, maybe not, that might be awkward. I don't know why we do this, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do it all the time. When I put myself on the other side of that equation and say, for example, one of the things I like to talk about and start with hello, because it's been almost a foolproof tool for, for all the things we're talking about is to ask for help. So if I'm thinking of going to a neighbor knocking on their door and saying, can I borrow a stick of butter? You know, the proverbial cup of sugar, whatever it is, there's something in me that knows it's going to bring connection, but it also might be awkward. If I put myself behind my door and imagine somebody knocking on my door and saying, Hey, Hey neighbor, I don't might not even know your name. Do you, I'm in a pinch. Do you have a stick of butter? I can borrow never zero times out of infinity. Will I feel like, well, that was awkward. Right. What I do feel is honored. I feel trusted. I feel like I get to, to save the day and that's the best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. So when we have that, that feeling of like, oh, maybe I'll just hold back for the fear of awkwardness. Try putting yourself on the other side of that and see how that kind of changes the dynamic. Yeah. That is a great hack. And you talk also (laughs) about uh, being an introvert and that yes. you do not like small talk. So I would say the twin sister to awkwardness is small talk that yes. as far as barriers. So what have you yeah. learned about that as someone who says, this doesn't come naturally to me? Like right. someone just seeing this book might think, oh, this is easy for Shannon. But you're yeah. like, I'm an introvert. I don't like small talk. It does feel yeah. awkward. So what what can you give us for small talk too? Yes, I love 
to talk about this because it's it's one of the truest things about myself. And for that reason, I, I really kind of packed the book with examples of me illustrating those very things. You know, I tell a story about seeing someone in the grocery store and, and purposely trying to avoid them. Um, I mean, this is, this is how I live. I am that person. It is hard for me in some ways. And I have to push out of my comfort zone a little bit. What I can say is that the, as I've learned to do that, I've learned that it's, it's never something that I regret. Mm -hmm. And so building that muscle, like just making ourselves do it, even when it might not come supernaturally, even when we have to kind of nudge ourselves a little bit, as we do that more and more, it does become a little bit easier because we know what's on the other side of it. But when it comes to small talk, I would much rather um, big talk. <laughs> you know, I just want to dive right in. I met a, a new friend this week for the first time ever. We met at a restaurant and I sat down at the table and I still don't know quite why, what possessed me to do this. I had repeat, I had never met her before. And I sat down and within minutes, I said, my husband and I, had a huge fight last night. Why was I telling, you know, a person who is next to a stranger, but, but it ended up being such a, such a beautiful opportunity for us to really get to know each other, to be honest about the ways life is hard. Oftentimes we do have to start somewhere much smaller and that's just <laughs> part of it. So I tell the story and start with hello about meeting one of my neighbors when I was walking, you know, I was walking to church for a meeting and he stepped out into the alley from his yard and started to talk to me about the weather. And what came of that was such a beautiful moment for me as a neighbor, as a human, for the two of us and his wife ended up joining us, connecting even across a language barrier. They invited me into their yard. They, they offered me seeds from their flower garden. Mm -hmm. we, we exchanged each other's names. The reminder for me is that sometimes small talk is a building block to something better and deeper. Okay. We don't maybe have to be, I mean, we can't live there forever. I especially cannot live in small talk mode forever, <laughs> but when we can see it as just a, a very simple step that builds to something greater, you know, that's why I titled the book, start with hello, because when we think about it, every relationship we have started with eye contact, with a smile, with a hello. And, and so many times they build into something really significant and important. So yeah, my, my advice, I guess, is to just like, just maybe, maybe be reminded that, that it can just be a building block. Yeah. Small talk leads to big talk. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember that when I'm freaking out and being awkward. <laughs> and I have also hid from people in the cereal aisle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one, one day we're all just going to meet up there. You know, there's going to be like 25 of us all hiding from people at the same time. <laughs> so what does this look like in this season of your life, Shannon? You, I know the book process is a long one. And so you have yeah. probably even learned some new things since then. And so what does this look like for you, even this week, today, right yeah. now? For me, it looks like the posture that I really try to carry with me out into the world and out into my busy and very ordinary mundane life is to be awake and available. That, you know, we don't have to go banging down doors, searching for connection. Connection is happening all around us. What it took for me was to kind of reframe it and reset my brain to understanding that every little tiny, seemingly hidden and even insignificant step, it counts. 
those simple hellos that we exchange with people for years, maybe we might see the same people and just kind of wave. We've never really had a conversation. It feels like that doesn't count, but it does because at some point you might kind of turn that corner. For me, I just want to be paying attention so that when the opportunity to turn the corner and turn small talk into big talk, when that happens, I want to notice it and I want to be available to it to the best of my ability. I want to understand the value in pausing and making space for this, making time for this. But more than anything, we have to be paying attention in our yeah. lives. Paying it, you know, I, I talk a lot about looking at the sky, paying attention to the sky. The the font of the cover of this book, those are different skies. And that was with intention mm-hmm. because learning to pay attention to the sky, to the physical world helped kind of train me to pay attention to the people around me as well. It's, it's a practice. It's really we got to build that muscle. And, and I especially had to build that muscle. So as we start to pay attention to our physical world, it helps us pay attention to the people around us, to what's happening around us. And those opportunities to take things further absolutely will come. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at Jennifer and Holly and our producer, Kara. If I say the word hospitality, it's going to land in the heart of all of us differently, right? Jennifer, how does that land in your heart, that word? Well, I mean, when we've talked about it before with having people over, like I panic, you know, immediately think there's pressure, you know, having people over and different things like that. So it starts with this pressure to do it right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to reframe that, correct, Shannon? So -hmm. how can we reframe and take that pressure off that that some of us experience? With yeah. the word. I, I just, even the word hospitality, it sounds very fussy. It does. <laughs> it strikes panic into a lot of our hearts because we do. It sounds so formal and it makes us feel like we have to channel our inner Martha Stewart quickly. We don't know how to do that. <laughs> right. And we, have, we think we've got to make a four course meal from scratch and the house has to be perfect and the kids have to be perfect. And, you know, there can't be any awkward pauses in the conversation. Our mind goes to all these places. And, and when my mind goes there, I'm going to be the, the first one to say, that sounds too hard. I'm just going to sit on my couch and read my book <laughs> in peace as an introvert. We have to find ways to, to lower that bar significantly, like lower it down to street level, to regular life that is always a little chaotic, always a little messy, always a little awkward. We have to be able to say, this is how we're all actually living. Mm -hmm. We are all living in imperfect homes that are not ever perfectly clean. We are all trying to figure out what to have for dinner and, you know, dreading cooking the meal. I mean, we're all living this way. So, so one of us just needs to go first and say, maybe, for example, do you want to come over tonight after dinner? I will pop some popcorn. Feel free to wear your sweatpants. We'll hang out for an hour and a half. Like if we can, if we can break it into these kind of come as you are, there's a time limit on it. So that eases some of the anxiety of like, what are we going to do the whole time? What if they never leave? You know, (laughs) we've already taken dinner time off the table, literally. (laughs) Um, If it's evening, we can like turn on a little lamp, like dim the lights a little bit. And then the house doesn't look quite as chaotic. When we're invited into spaces like that, I know for me, I just breathe easier. Like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And if they can welcome me this way, then I can turn around and welcome them back. And if we can actually start to be our, our true full selves with each other, 
that's the vulnerability that invites connection, but somebody has to go first. So why not us? And, and it doesn't have to begin with inviting somebody into your home. That sounds really big, which is why I gave a whole bunch of other ideas that can lead up to that. But eventually I think sharing our spaces is a really meaningful part of this. And I love that you start small, start with hello. That's as small as you can get. It is. And that this is such a practical, doable book, because I do think it can be overwhelming when we tell ourselves, I want more community, or I want to reach yeah. out to people, or I'm feeling lonely and I want that to change. It can just feel very big. So I love that you have broken it down to such doable, practical, positive steps in this book where it does a lot. I feel myself saying, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can say hello to someone. I can let them come over when there's laundry out. I can, you know, I can love it. Yeah. We we know they're going to love it because we know we love it. You know, one of the things, Holly, when you said, what does this look like in your life right this minute? My husband and I went last night to the girls varsity basketball game in our community. We do not have anyone playing in that game. Mm -hmm. We don't have anybody being a cheerleader or being in the pet band, but it's something we have come to see is like a fun thing for us to do. Our kids are teenagers. Now they're off doing their own thing, finding those places within a community where people are gathering and just showing up there. I mean, we didn't have any like game changing. We didn't meet our new best friend there last night, but we were a part of something bigger than us. I recognize some faces, you know, the more we do these things, it's, it's kind of the best of, of both worlds for me because we were together. We were, I was kind of introverting, you know, I, I wasn't having a ton of conversation around me, but I had this sense of this is a community that I belong to. This is a community that I'm proud of. I mean, looking for those little opportunities to just be a part of things that are already happening around you is a really good and valuable first step. Mm, this is okay. so good. How can people find out about you, about your book, and uh, get the encouragement they need to start with hello? Yeah. You can find me almost every day on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I bring a little bit of a different vibe to both of those two places, but I love them equally. I'm at Shannon Wrights in those spaces. And then my website is shannonmartin.com. And that's where you can find, I mean, you can find my book, Start With Hello, wherever you get your books. Um, But on the website, you can find, you know, sign up for my email list. That's the best way to keep in touch with me and to know what's going on. You can also find my legendary famous pickle recipe. I don't know how I became famous for pickles, but I somehow have, and I'm here for it. You can find all of that on the website. Awesome. Thanks for being a part of this conversation today, and we so appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.